welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Coming up in uh, just a few minutes, uh, we'll uh, we'll have a conversation about Alec Baldwin. Uh, he didn't even touch the trigger. What, what was that? What did Blah. I hear? Blah. <laughs> oh, Lord. Garson is in from Graffs in Mexico, Missouri. And we've got uh, Chuck Basie, uh, Second Amendment supporter, state representative. Always glad to have Chuck on board with us. And Dale Roberts with us. Mo, Mo what? MoGunLaw.com or MoGunLaw on Facebook. Just I, I like his other site better, MoPancakes.com. <laughs> well, I don't know what you're talking about. Garson Mo. thinks of food. Yeah, MoGunLaw, all one word. MoGunLaw. See, you, you, you've come up with a, a catchy little name there. Uh, all right, let me, let me uh, do this, because what would Gary on Guns be if we didn't have something that was drool-worthy, and in this case, a couple of really neat things. Uh, Garson, tell me about uh, the Thor 4. So the Thor 4 is ATN's thermal fourth-gen thermal site. Um, this one is the um, lower resolution. It's the 384 by 288 screen. So this isn't like a regular optic. It's actually a camera and a display, which is how pretty much all night vision works and all thermal so it's not a traditional scope in that sense. So um, this one is um, the one and a half to five power magnification, and that's digital. Um, it's it's pretty slick. Uh, it gives you the options to do um, white hot, black hot, uh, black hot, or uh, color mode. So it does you know like the Predator where it's like red and yellow um, for for hot, and then like a blue and a purple for cold items. Um, so that's pretty pretty fancy, but that's the dual core thermal sensor. Uh, yeah, that's the processor that controls everything. Um, so it does the light amplification and the thermal detection. Um, and I guess with the new dual core processor, it spreads out that heat. So this actually runs a lot cooler than the previous generations. Um, but they're saying you can identify a person up to 205 yards. You can recognize a person up to 335 yards and um, detect them up to 750 yards uh, with with this version. Now, the fancier ones, um, of course, I think you can detect out to 1,800 yards, um, which is pretty impressive. Um, so, I th And I think rec recognize and identify at about 1,000, um, which is just insane for, for a thermal or night vision. Um, it records video. Um, it tells you the cant of your optic and the inclination or declination. So if you're shooting up or downhill, it tells you exactly how many degrees and it tells you how many degrees you're canted left or right. Um, it's got a range finder built into it um, and a compass. So uh, pretty slick. Comes with rings and uh, uh, it, so it's 30 millimeter tube and it comes with the ring. So it's, it's basically ready to go out of the box. It is battery operated, but the batteries are built in and rechargeable. Um, 18 hour battery life. Um, which is pretty impressive because, you know, it's, you know, it, it's still a fairly small, um, you know, computer on board this thing. Um, I, I'd say it's about the size of a deck of cards folded in half. Um, so it's not it's not like the big, you know, night vision or, or thermal of, of years gone by where it's like a big clunky, um, you know, mechanism. This so does it, add, does it add a lot of weight to the rifle? Um, you know... For for what it is, it, it seems heavy for its size, but there's also, you know, regular glass optics out there that are this heavy. Um, so it's, it's not it's not really 
pushing the envelope, but it, it's definitely not light for its magnification. Uh, uh, um, uh, yeah, it's magnification. It's easy for you power. to say. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it's a little heavy, but um, not. It's not horrible. Oh. Chuck, can you ever imagine a time in your past where you thought one day you'll be plugging your rifle in? <laughs> Never. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's so strange with all these uh, these batteries. But what a neat deal. And uh, it, it says uh, that uh, you can connect this to your your smartphone. Yeah, it's got Bluetooth. And there's an auxiliary laser that you can uh, attach to it as well, uh, which communicates to the ballistic ca uh, ballistics calculator. Um so it can do ranging on the fly for you. So how many years' salary is this going to take? That's the <laughs> best part. Because I've got a thermal image on a weapon at home, but well, it's quite small. So that, that's one of the best parts. The retail's two grand. Uh, we've got it priced at eighteen hundred. Wow, that's a lot of technology. For yeah, <laughs> um, for that kind of money it is. We've also got it open and where you can put your little hands on it in the store, which a lot of places, you know. You know, you got to buy it, and once you open it, it's yours whether you like it or not. Um, this way, you can at least, you know, play with it, see if you like it, see if it's you know what you expect or what you need before before putting down any cold hard cash. That is really really neat, and uh, if you're if you're at all interested in this technological advance, then uh, you got to go down to graphs. Yeah, and it's got apps for your uh, Android or Apple smartphone. Gary, they have a special this weekend. If you buy this product, you get a free cat. <laughs> you know, you need Sheree, something to test it with. Gwen would be so happy. Sheree Rice, I, I think I'll start inviting her to come on this week. <laughs> so, uh, so here's what's funny. Um, <laughs> Dog, you. I, I sighted a thermal scope in last weekend, and you actually need something hot to aim at because if you just put up, you know, a paper target, don't see it. There's no. Um, there's no heat signature to differentiate from whatever you're holding your target against. So the manual told uh, recommended getting like a hot pack or a, a hand warmer to put up and use that as your aiming point. And it was kind of funny because I would have never thought of that. I would have thought, oh, I'll just shoot it at this target. But no, that doesn't work. <laughs> wow. Uh, I, I was afraid he was going to say something else, knowing how Garson feels about cats. But I don't want Gwen shooting me. I am not going to suggest shooting a cat all right well i've i've seen well, you, i've seen your <coughs> recipe book carson Shh. oh i gotta hear <laughs> can you send me a copy of that recipe i will pass that along to my bride i won't even tell her it came from you garson they're out there i mean the internet's a big place and that's <laughs> a big place okay <laughs> oh lord all right so mike rogers said uh can i order an aa10 at graphs uh, it's an auto shotgun, I believe. Well, I don't think you can order an auto anything, maybe a semi-auto. Um, I believe I'm. There was the AA-12, which was made in the '80s. Um, I've I've seen newer versions of that, but I've not seen any commercially available anywhere. Um, so I don't know if the, if those are available for to order. We can try and get you one, but I I'm not aware that they're available for purchase. Okay. There, we've answered that one. Uh, let's see. Uh, let me do this. It is uh, about 15 minutes after the hour. But wait, there's more from Graphs. And this is the piece de resistance. We'll, we'll get to that next. You're listening 
to Gary on Guns on Hot Talk 93.9 Eagle. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. It is 20 minutes after the hour. Chuck Basie, State Representative, Second Amendment supporter, on board with us this morning. So is Dale Roberts, uh, MoGunLaw.com. And uh, we've got Garson in from Graphs. We've been talking about some of the stuff that Garson brought in. We talked about some neat optics that he brought in. But now we have an Israeli-made bullpup. Uh, this uh, is this this is the IWI Tavor. Uh, this is the Tavor. Um, Tavor Tavor. Yes, Tavor. Tavor. Those they, they just they don't know how to pronounce their own name. Go so ahead. I, I did y'all a favor. Um, we have an X ninety five in stock of the shop. Um, so instead of bringing that, I brought my own personal Tavor SAR. So mine is the older version, and um, mine's actually the version that the IDF actually uses. Um, the X95 is a product-improved version that was specifically made to suit American shooting styles and tastes. Um, the uh, X95 is uh, same barrel, chrome hammer forged barrel, same bullpup design, uh, but they've they've given you a mag release button ahead of the trigger guard. Uh, it's ambidextrous, so you you know release the magazine with either hand. Um, bolt catches behind the magazine at the back of the stock. So as you insert your new magazine, it's really easy to hit that uh, bolt release with your thumb and charge it. But the best thing is, is if you're hesitant of getting an arm-braced um, pistol of any kind, these are shorter than most of the arm-braced pistols with a full 16 or 18-inch barrel. Um, and nobody ever complains about wanting to ban bullpups. Um, they're, you know, and th these are, you know, tried and true. There's... You know, this is you know, this has been in development for thirty years in Israel. Um, so it's it's got a lot of research and a lot of uh, a lot of engineering um, wherewithal behind it. Um, well, American so, Firearms rated it like one of the top five bullpups in twenty twenty one that you get your hands on. Yeah, well, I I mean that's fair to say, but there's probably only like five bullpups out there. <laughs> so. Um, it, there are quirks, and there's a bit of a learning curve coming from a regular rifle. Um, so it's not, you know, just a plug-and-play replacement for a regular rifle. But um, these are um, hand-specific, so you can buy them left or right-handed from the factory. Um, but everything except for the bolt is included with it to switch it to another um, handedness. So, like, the one I have here is right-handed, and I'm waiting to get a hold of IMI. So I can send this to them um, to get the left-handed bolt so I can convert this over to left-hand. Um, unfortunately, they won't just send me the bolt. i, I got to send them the gun so they can headspace it to make sure it's safe. But I, I can see where they want to do that to make sure some shade tree mechanic doesn't blow himself up by, you know, not checking the headspace on his gun. But um, the, the X95 has got some rails built into the handguard. Um, it's a little bit lighter than the SAR, so um, it, it, it's, it's a, lot, a lot of people prefer it over the SAR um, just because it's a little more familiar for most people to get used to and um, a little better balanced. But definitely an awesome rifle. Um, the chrome hammer forged barrels are exceedingly accurate. And then the optic I have on this is uh, the Trigicon TA31H with a backup um, RMR red dot and we have one of those at the shop as well um, these Trigicon ACOGs have been 
extremely hard to get for the last two years. I actually had this one that's on my rifle on order um, for two years and just got it um, about a month ago. And we grabbed a we grabbed another one and threw it up in the shop. By the way, just so you know, it was rated higher than the FN, the Barrett, the Caltech. Uh, I mean, it it really is. Uh, it's got a terrific review. What's the price break on this? Oh yeah, uh, let's see here. I got that on my phone in a picture. My old flame, <laughs> hot pants. She looks like John Wayne. Uh, You'd have to ask someone who works there. So the, yeah, the, <laughs> he's just he's just employed. He doesn't work. Yeah. So uh, we've got eighteen ninety nine ninety nine on it. Uh, for the X95. Wow, and that's actually less expensive than the list price by a, by yeah. a pretty good sum. Good um, deal. It, indeed. And they're they're exceedingly nice rifles. I'm I'm extremely happy with mine and can't wait to shoot it with the right hand. <laughs> so, the, the right hand being the left hand. <laughs> I didn't know you were a southpaw. I am. I, you know, All uh, great people are. That's what I, that's what I heard. I, I heard it was a sign of intelligence. And I believe it. Although you, you may be the exception to the rule, but I'm not sure entirely. Well, it certainly uh, doesn't make you funny. Yeah, <laughs> I can testify to that. Uh, Joy Behar says some of the most incredibly stupid things. Uh, we'll get to that in the next half hour. Um, and uh, Alec Baldwin gave his first interview. In fact, Garson, I was going to call you up and ask you to, to bring in uh, a, a pistol similar to the one that he was using. Because... I just want to demonstrate, or have somebody demonstrate just how, how ridiculous this is. And his movie set, Rust, he said he didn't pull the trigger. Well, the trigger wasn't pulled. But he did suggest that he, he dropped the hammer. Um, I, I don't, I, I'm not sure I understand uh, what I the mean, I, I, I heard part of that interview, and it sounds like a monkey trying to explain space travel. He has no <laughs> clue what he's talking about. All right, let's listen. She was someone who was loved by everyone who worked with and liked by everyone who worked with and admired. I mean, even now, I find it hard to believe that. It just doesn't seem, it doesn't seem real to me. You haven't said much in public since that tragic accident. Why speak out now? I think the big question, and the one you must have asked yourself a thousand times, how could this have happened? You've described it as a one in a trillion shot, and the gun was in your hand. How do you come to terms with that? It wasn't in the script for the trigger to be pulled. Well, the trigger wasn't pulled. I didn't pull the trigger. So you never pulled the trigger? No, 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 no. I, I would never point a gun at anyone and pull a trigger at them, never. What did you think happened? How did a real bullet get on that set? I have no idea. Someone put a live bullet in a gun. A bullet that wasn't even supposed to be on the property. How do you respond to actors like George Clooney who say that every time they were handed a gun, they checked it themselves? Your emotions are so clearly so right there on the surface. You felt shock. You felt anger. You felt sadness. Do you feel guilt? You said you're not a victim, but is this the worst thing that's ever happened to you? Yes. Well, I think it was considerably worse what happened to her, but uh, he says he never pulled, he never pulled the trigger. Um, Garson, you handle a lot of firearms. If you're, can you think of any firearms that you would be holding 
properly, finger on the guard, not on the, not on the, you know, or above the, where it would just go off? Nope. And, you know, I hate to admit it, but I've had two negligent discharges. And as much as I don't want it to be my fault, there's no one else to blame but me. You know, they're 100% my responsibility, 100% my fault. Um, there's no mechanical errors with either of the firearms. And, and even if there was a mechanical error, it's still my responsibility because the gun was in my possession, period. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's the way it is. I, Brian, did you hear more of this uh, than we just played? I mean, because I seemed, did not. No, I only I thought, heard the, those two clips there. I thought that he had dropped the hammer. I did hear that. Yes. Well, forgive me, but it seems to me that when you drop the hammer on a revolver, it goes off. It goes. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm not mistaken on that, am I, Carson? No, and I, I, I didn't hear that part, but I would assume that he meant to say he was decocking it or right. lowering the hammer or manually. He didn't but know to, what he was talking but about. to do that, you have to pull the trigger. So whether he intentionally fired or unintentionally fired it, he still had to have pulled the trigger to get the hammer to do anything, period. I mean, there's just no way around it. And when you do that, you don't point it at somebody else, right? You point it in a safe direction. Yeah. I mean, there, there's firearms rules that, you know, I learned as a Boy Scout, and, you know... Obviously, he's never heard of any of them. But if he'd fired, if he followed any one of the first three rules of gun safety, this would have never happened. One wonders why a guy who knows so little about firearms is so sure of himself when he talks about gun control. I, I mean, because the guy doesn't know anything. All right, we're going to wrap up on this. We'll take a couple of phone calls on it, and then uh, Joy Behar. We got a lot of ground to cover in the next thirty minutes. So hang on, you're listening to Gary on Guns on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. Hey, welcome, glad to have you with us. 35 minutes after the hour. Uh, Garson is in from Graffs, uh, and then uh, Dale Roberts is with us, uh, mogunlaw.com. And uh, we also have Chuck Basie, a Second Amendment supporting uh, state representative on board with us. We're talking about Alec Baldwin, who is, you know, a gun control advocate. You guys, a listener called up and gave us a tip, and I looked it up. You guys are not going to believe this. Alec Baldwin's father uh, was a teacher. He was also the school's rifle team coach and led the team to win twice in the New York Public High School uh, Athletic Association State Riflery Championship. Uh, but wait, apparently there's more. He was an excellent marksman in riflery in the Marines. Uh, and this guy knew guns. So, I, like father, like son. Well, no. Unfortunately not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I mean. Uh, uh, my, how far the apple has fallen from the tree. Yeah, it's rolled about a mile away. I wonder if he hated his father or something and just transfer that to the to the, his expertise with firearms. So I guess it was Stephen Baldwin that got all the smarts in that family then? Yes. <laughs> yes, he was. He's the, uh, yeah. All right, let me go to the phones. 874-9390. The toll-free number is 800-529-5572. Coming up in a few minutes, Joy Behar says some of the stupidest things you ever heard. Uh, in fact, things that could ruin her career as well as affect gun laws if she had her way. But we'll start off with John. John, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. How are you this morning? 
I'm good, Gary. So I, my wife and I, we watched the interview with Alec Baldwin, and all it did was make him out to be a liar and dishonest because it's a single-action army. The patent on the gun that they're using for the props is 1873. It was Colt's first single-action army where it had a cartridge, okay? So on those guns, how they work is the hammer comes back four clicks to lock in the fire position. It will not fire unless it's in the fourth click. The second click of the hammer coming back is how you turn the cylinder. You open a, a door and you turn the cylinder to load it because it doesn't automatically line up whenever the gun is resting on a on one of the the in the chamber where the firing pin and the and the bullet and the primer and everything is at. It doesn't allow you to open the door. And, and load or unload the gun so that you have to pull a hammer back two clicks, then you can open the cylinder and you can put the cartridges in. If that gun that he had will pull back the hammer and let go of it and fire, it would be absolutely useless and it would be 100% defective. So that would be real easy for the in, to take the gun and the evidence and find out if he's lying. The only way the hammer would go back and go forward is if he had his finger pull, pulling the trigger to where it didn't lock on the in, on the trigger mechanism. So I, I have these guns. I've had Stogers. I've had Colts. I've had Uberties. I've got some. And I showed my wife, and I said, "This is why he's he's not being truthful." And which makes me think that his whole interview was only, "I'm not responsible." Somebody else responsible, look someplace else. That's what the interview was about because uh, Garson knows he's handled uh, 45 Colt revolvers, single action armies, whether some of them have a transfer bar, like uh, Ruger's use a transfer bar. Uh, Colts and Stoger's and Uberties, they use a, a firing pin on the hammer and, and it actually makes contact. If you pull a first click back, it's out about maybe uh eighth of an inch or so and you never load the last cylinder because if you hit the trigger when it's against it it could go off or drop the gun that's why they always leave one cylinder empty that they leave the hammer on but it, there's no way with what he's saying it could have possibly happened and it's it's just a joke i mean it, all right okay all right john i gotta move because i'm falling behind and i'm running out of time but thank you. I uh, really appreciate your call. Garson, all that makes sense? Yeah, he's exactly right. There, Unless there's a physical problem with the gun, there's no way that it was not Alec Baldwin's responsibility. Yeah, we all kind of figured that. Let me go to the phones. Chris, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show, or on the Gary and Gun Show. I'm sorry. Uh, everything that guy just said and uh, what uh, Garson said, I, I agree with 100%. And this, by the way, was a modern reproduction of one of those guns and I wouldn't be a bit surprised to find out that it has some sort of a safety lock like a more modern firearm that would prevent it from if the hammer were to drop from going off if the trigger wasn't pulled I just his whole statement he reminds me of the guy that you know they guys do this with the cops all the time well I robbed the place but the gun wasn't loaded uh, I I shot that person <laughs> but I didn't really mean to shoot him I mean I pointed the gun at him I wanted their stuff but oops it went off uh, it's just your, he's in denial. You know, it's not my fault, it's not my fault. Well, you picked it up, you pointed it. might not be his fault somebody put a live round in the gun, but it's definitely his fault he pointed it, and I, I agree. It doesn't just, oops, I uh, let go of the hammer or something. And, and imagine trying to do a cross-draw real fast, pulling the trigger 
and pulling the hammer. A little difficult to do. You typically are going for the hammer to get it cocked. Then you go for the trigger. You know, it's, uh, and I'm sure he's not a, you know, championship quick draw either, but. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Like you said earlier, they divided up the marbles in that family, and somebody always gets more, don't they? Yeah, it wasn't him, clearly. All right, Chris, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, Gary on Gun Show. Jeez, I'm so used to doing the other. Uh, let me get Brad on the line before I run out of time here. Brad, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Brad? I don't think Brad wants to talk to us. Um, let me go to Dale on this. Dale, if if they discover that, you know, the only way uh, this gun, uh, you know, it, it, that it goes off is if you pull the trigger. And he was pointing the trigger at somebody and not even supposed to pull the trigger. And it ends up in a fatality. Is he guilty of manslaughter? I think so. I, I, I think they've got him. And I, and I sort of think that the things he is now saying are backing the prosecutor into a corner such that she's more likely than before to charge him. And, and the interview with her uh, after his interview, I believe it was after his interview, she started saying things about what he had said. And I thought, oh, don't tell me you... And then in her conclusion, she, she made it clear it's his fault. She, she wasn't buying it. Uh, so, you know, I mean, he'll, he'll have the best lawyers money can buy. Well, if he had the best lawyers money could buy, they should have told him, don't do a television interview. Oh, yes. Yeah, I don't know if he, you know, it may be the arrogance of thinking, I'm, I'm smart enough, I've, I, this will be my best acting job to convince people well that or he's thinking he wants to get ahead of public opinion and sway people to his side yeah i just yeah but he's got a the people he has to sway are in the jury uh if not the prosecutor's office and i i don't think he's been successful in that uh message from harley regarding baldwin i wonder if the cult he had was altered or had been misused or abused, as in being fanned in such a way the notches in the hammer were stripped. Uh, better if they used a Ruger. It's it's yeah. possible, but most of these guns aren't owned by the movies. They're owned by a prop house. And most prop houses take exceedingly good care of their guns before they're sent out to a new set location for filming. So they ensure, you know, the, the gun comes back in, it's gone over return to, you know, serviceable inventory, and before it's sent out, it's checked over and sent out um, to whatever sets rented it out. Um, but this, this leads me to another point. You know, gun owners, for the most part, are very conscientious and um, correct in the way they handle their firearms. But we really are bad about calling out other people about poor weapons handling skills. Um, you know, and in a public range, you know, you don't want to get involved with other people you don't know, but it really is our responsibility. We need to tell people, you know, if they're not being safe, they either need to, you know, leave or, or, you know, conduct themselves in a professional manner while on a range with live ammunition and, and working firearms. And I, I, unfortunately, I, I think we're, we do a bad job about self-policing ourselves with other shooters. Um, because, you know, they're not our responsibility. But we, we should be calling those people out and telling them, you know, hey, 
just so you know, you know, don't do that. Or, you know, if you're going to do that, do it this way so you're safer. Interesting observations. All right, we're up against the clock. We've got to take a quick break, and then uh, we'll come back and talk about the ignorance of Joy Behar. We'll do that next on Gary on Guns. Hot Talk 93.9 The Hey, it is 55.050 50 minutes after the hour. Glad to have you with us. Dale Roberts is with us, MoGunLaw.com. And what? Uh, I, and then uh, we've got uh, Garson in from Graffs. And uh, we have Chuck Basie, State Representative, Second Amendment supporter. Chuck, do you ever watch The View? Uh, not very often. Not very often? Hardly. If I do, I'm just flipping through channels. Yeah, I would rather have ophthalmic surgery with a rusty carpet knife than watch The View. I have no, there's nothing about that show that, that uh, I like. Uh, one of the things that I dislike is Joy Behar uh, because I, I can't stand it when idiots uh, make statements uh, like she did. She was uh, apparently being uh, harassed on Twitter and didn't like it. And that led to a conversation uh, that eventually got around to tweaking the Constitution. <clears throat> and she said, uh, when the Founding Fathers were busy with the amendments, the First and Second Amendments didn't have AR-15s in there. Weapons of war. And they didn't have Twitter. So both amendments, they need to be tweaked a little bit, she said. Now, Chuck, she makes her living essentially doing what I do on television. Communicating. So, if they're able to tweak the First Amendment so that she doesn't get harassed on Twitter, doesn't it make sense that somebody could come along and tweak it again and, say, take away her job? Well, yeah, Gary, you know, I, one thing I've noticed since I got into politics is that uh, a lot of liberals um, love the First Amendment as long as they agree with it. And uh, that is just common you know that uh they not to get off topic but you know the columbia public school board is is guilty of that right now they're shutting out parents they won't let them speak because they don't agree with what they want to speak about and uh, i think this is no different in this case so then she says you know this this comment part of this comment she says they didn't have ar-15s uh, weapons of war garson when the Revolutionary War occurred, did those uh, Americans have cannons and all the same weapons of war that the British did? For the most part, yeah. So the Founding Fathers wanted us to have the same or access to the same weapons that the government would have, because if I'm not mistaken, the primary reason of the Second Amendment is to get rid of uh, a, a government that, well, frankly, was tyrannical. Doesn't make yeah, sense. And you can't do that if you're if you're outgunned. Yeah. And even with that, that would mean that we would have fully automatic weapons and all kinds of other things that that the government because they had them. The founding fathers had them. They had cannons. That was the state of the art. You know, the the big the big weapon, the weapon. They had all the flintlocks they could. They had everything that the opposition had. So, the other thing then is that she's describing the AR-15 as a weapon of war. 
Well, Garson? Is Never been an AR-15 issued by any military that I'm aware of. Well, maybe they're just mistaken. Uh, I mean, somebody's mistaken, but <laughs> I think we all know who that is. Yeah, let's let's just go tweak it a little bit so that it fits what I like, ignoring the fact that somebody else will tweak it a little bit and literally I mean, take away her. Hell, banks are weapons of war right now. <laughs> Banks are weapons of war? Yeah, with all the monetary um, fighting we're doing with China. Yeah, I suppose you could say that, but um, I just think that her interpretation of an easily modified constitution is, frankly, it, it just it's ludicrous. Because she's literally talking about ruining her own job. And she doesn't realize it. She's just that stupid. Well, she's short-sighted, and, you know, if it doesn't affect her in in the immediate future, it doesn't concern her. Yeah. Dale, this uh, this might uh, be of interest to you. I'm sur- I, In fact, I'm sure all, all four of us are going to be surprised to hear this. Well, you three, but not me. I've already looked into this. Uh, but it turns out that they did a study... And they determine that the hands-off policing and defunding of police cause an increase in crime. I, I know you guys are all stunned to hear this. I What? Yes. No. Yes. This, yeah. this is my shocked face. Yeah. <laughs> That's the same ugly puss I see all the time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, in the spring of 2021, you pay for. <laughs> an assistant professor uh, of economics at Tel Aviv University in Israel, studied the issue of the impact of police deterrence in the United States. It published a study called Police Presence, Rapid Response Rates, and Crime Prevention, found 10% decrease in police presence, resulted in a 7% increase in crime. Wow. Uh, Yeah, I know. I know we're all shocked. Who'd have thunk it? Exactly. And and there's some I just saw a news story yesterday and shared it on the Mogan Law Facebook page. There are municipalities now where the mayors in Oregon and Washington, California are saying we need to reverse our defunding decisions. We need we need to get the police back again. I thought, really? You you think you were wrong? Well, hallelujah. It's better I, I late than really, never. I feel really bad for the recruiters at that department. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Oh God! I this this push to defund the police has in fact resulted in huge increases in crime in this country. And do you see what they're doing in California? I mean, they're doing these smash and grab things. Yeah, meet, meet me at the Louis Vuitton store after the show. Yeah, yeah, and and you can't call it looting. <laughs> They've decided that looting is a racist term. Oh. <laughs> Brian, is your finger on the obscenity button? Because I have something is, to yeah. say about uh-huh. that. Yeah, yeah. It's still not infuriating as the minor attracted persons designation. Oh yeah, that's that's a whole other story. But uh, so you know, there's a professor who didn't want anybody to be called a pedophile, and so uh, suggested that name change would would make things better. Unbelievable. Hey guys, thanks for popping in this morning on Gary on Guns. Always glad to have you. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop.
drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem. Gwen, baby. Honey, I'm coming home.